Hey everyone, welcome back to season four of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we talk about the struggles to teach you the trouble. We find an active global conflict each week and break it down for you. This week, we are talking about the anti-government protest in the Czech Republic. Protesters in Czechia have called for the government to resign in various protests. These protesters have a variety of reasons for this, such as dissatisfaction with the government, pro-Kremlin Eurosceptic positions, economic issues, and the Czech government's poor handling of things. Before we talk about the present situation, let's take a look at the past. The initial protest was announced on June 30th, 2022 by Czech entrepreneur Ladislav Rabel. Months later, on September 3rd, 2022, the first protest occurred in Prague in Wenceslas Square. This protest, called the Czech Republic First Protest, was a major event in which about 70,000 people protested a variety of causes, which we'll talk more about later. This group all had one demand in particular, the the resignation of the Czech government. The name, Czech Republic First, may be a nod to former U.S. President Donald Trump's slogan and follows remarkably similar causes. The aforementioned Ladislav Rabel is at the head of this movement. To quote Rabel, our government is bringing us to the edge of war and economic collapse. Another smaller rally took place after in Brno, in Czechia's second largest city, and was similar in its execution, although it had far less people. Now, I'll hand it over to Sonoma to talk about the causes behind these protests. Many people took to the streets to protest the energy policy in the Czech Republic. The policy is to reduce energy consumption and improve the energy intensity of the economy and expand nuclear power. However, there is another main reason for protesting, especially recently, the show that um, Czech Republic has put a lot of support into Ukraine. Here is another reason for the protest. Inflation puts pressure on wage increases all while in the middle of a structural labor shortage on the market. Electricity prices have increased more than 100%, which many people aren't happy about. Problems continue to prevail in supply chains. As you can see, there are many issues with the economy, and the government isn't helping with it. Protesters say the center-right government focuses on supporting Ukraine rather than the Czech Republic. Since the country sent heavy weaponry and visas to around 450,000 Ukrainian refugees, Many people are against the government's support. The protesters are firmly against the Czech government, Ukraine, the EU, and NATO. They backed Putin in the annexation of Crimea, the Russian presence in Transnistria, and other Russian advantages, further spreading what is essentially blatant Russian nationalism and propaganda was. They even claim that Ukraine is at fault for the ongoing Russian invasion on Ukrainian territory. Many want the Czech government to bypass the EU sanctions and go back to buying oil directly from Russia. Some blame these EU sanctions for Czechia's economic issues. Is that why you think, you know, they support Russia? Do you think they're doing it like to kind of go against the government or do you think they're doing it because they just like they like Putin and they like what they're doing? I think they want the the, the, the cheaper oil. So if they show support for Russia, maybe maybe their cheaper oil and that maybe help their economy. I think they're just in general pro Russia. Even before, they supported Russia through the annexation of Crimea. They supported Russia through its ongoing conflicts with the rest of the world. They these This group of people has been in support of Russia for a long time. I don't think they're just doing it to try and get on Russia's good side for better deals with oil. I do think they, it is just their opinion that they believe that Putin is better. Yeah, and even in an interview with one of the Czechians, um, they said that they 
that their government is the reason the country is economically collapsing right now. And I feel like a reason that all of these people are going against their country is because they want to show more and really just explain to the government that they're the reason that this is all happening. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you think it's like the government's fault why the economy is doing so bad? Or do you think it's just like kind of happening to everyone? I feel like the world's economy is going down right now because of after effects of COVID and layoffs. So pretty much every country is struggling economically currently, so I don't think it's just a Czechia problem. So I don't think the government is entirely to blame, but I think them not responding to the protests is not helping them in any way. Yeah. Yeah, like I haven't seen many things about the government helping like its own people. Like I'm reading a lot of things that like, they're helping like the Ukraine refugees and they're helping like a lot with Ukraine, but they're not really helping with their own country and people are really upset about that. I mean, it's it's a valid thing to be upset about, but also on the other side, like Ukraine is going through a war and does need help right now. So both of them are, you know, valid. I feel like something that we haven't mentioned right now yet is that Czech's response to COVID is still ongoing and their active protest against wearing masks or getting vaccines and stuff like that, that is all still ongoing and has been a really big problem in the Czech Republic. There are a lot more causes than just economy and Russia. There's like, like she said, there's vaccines and there's uh, masks. The protesters don't quite like their response the government's response to covid the protesters are protesting quite a lot of things and it's mainly just right-wing extremist causes that you'd typically see throughout the world even their um what's interesting is that you can see in the name it's czech republic first which actually it's some sources have said it's a nod to donald trump's um similar uh slogan during his during his rallies and they protest remarkably similar causes, which I find rather interesting. I think that that slogan is like to get the point across, and obviously to like reference like Trump. He obviously was like a big like person, and I think they're just using that to like say like yeah, like we matter and like we want what's like best for our country, and you're not really helping. And aren't like a lot of the protesters like anti-vaxxers and like anti-mask? Yeah, a lot of them are. A lot of them are, and I feel like one reason that all of them are just speaking up about this is because they they have the right to do this, and I feel like they just want to be so against the government and do whatever they can to get their point across that they don't support anything the government. And now here's Emmy to talk about the government's response. Although the government hasn't physically responded to outcries of the protesters, they have acknowledged them and continue to inform their public of their continued support of the Ukraine throughout the war. Their continued support of Ukraine throughout the war. There is no sign of their support of Russia or government changes. Hey everyone, welcome back to season four of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we talk about the struggles to teach you the trouble. We find an active goal. We find an active global com. <laughs> we find an active global conflict each week and break it down for you. This week, we are talking about the anti-government protest in the Czech. Um, fun. Okay, so do you know how the protests started? Like, what caused them? 
Um, at least from my understanding, it's it's really heavily rooted in the energy crisis and the war in Ukraine um, in terms of the anti-government protests. But I think, you know, there's been, from my understanding, a lot of kind of political discourse around the prime ministers for a while, um, but specifically rising due to the war in Ukraine um, and the energy crisis. Can you tell me a bit more about that discourse on the prime ministers? Yes. Yeah, so there's, from my understanding, you have, and I'm going to mispronounce their names because I don't really speak Czech. Um, you have Babis, Babis, um, and you have Fiala. Um, but so Babis was prime minister and Babis is, you know, billionaire. He was leading his political party, um, kind of more right wing and kind of almost like a lot of, you know, depending on the media sources that you read, a lot of people kind of compare him to a Trump-like figure. Um, and I know he's on trial right now for like $2 million EU fraud, um, but he has a lot of backing. And then you have Fiala who won about a year ago, uh, assumed power about a year ago, and his his the head of a five-party coalition. And I think he's kind of more center-right. Um, but a lot of people, you know, it's just a very polarized country. Um, and I think Babis is uh, running for president, um, or at least expected to announce his uh, presidential campaign. And I know he's been on the ground for a lot of these protests, um, the anti-government one specifically, uh, basically just saying that the government is corrupt and incompetent and won't get any work done. Um, so I know more about him because he kind of pops up in the news a lot um, than I do about Fiala. Um, but yeah, I know um, the president, forgetting his name um uh you know he he's more of the head of the state versus the head of the government so i think in terms of politics he's not really a super controversial figure um but i know he kind of came out and was like i can't overthrow the government because that would that would be unconstitutional like i can't kick out the current standing prime minister um just because of the separations of power within their you know, unitary parliamentary government. Mm. So like with the war on Ukraine, from what we've read is the Czech, well, the people protesting are more pro-Russian. Why mm -hmm. is that? So Czechoslovakia, back when it was back, back when it was Czechoslovakia versus, um, you know, Czech and Slovakia, um, was a satellite state to Russia, um, to the USSR. So What's I think you see a lot state? of, so satellite state is the USSR had control over them, but they weren't technically its territory. So basically what, from my understanding, Russia's goal is to, after the war in Ukraine, if hoping, you know, them hoping that they succeed, obviously no one else really wants that, is to kind of restart that like empire basically where they're in charge influence that's their territory um so they have a lot of people who can still remember what life was like you know back when uh like the ussr and the soviet union were kind of at the height of its power um and so you see a lot of that kind of all throughout eastern europe as you see a lot of people who still kind of 
do you have those deep-rooted pro-Moscow, pro-Kremlin roots, um, which, you know, from a Western perspective is, is very, is hard to understand because we, you know, hear bad things about Putin and we can see the problems of Ukraine, but it's important to remember the, I guess, deep-rooted propaganda um, and also like that's their, that's what they know. Um, and I think also, you know, a lot of people still see Ukraine as Russian territory, um, especially the older generations. And I think the other big thing is that there's this interesting dichotomy where countries normally develop better under an authoritarian rule. So if a country is, and that's kind of, you know, that's for a multitude of reasons. That's not necessarily good good things, but it's normally when in, you see more development growth under authoritarian governments, quicker, faster, at least, because for better or for worse, there's kind of one person in charge working things to get done. Um, that's not necessarily, you know, the way we want things to develop, but statistically that does happen. And so I think you see when countries are struggling, specifically newly democratic countries are struggling financially, are struggling with energy, are like living below the poverty line, are going hungry. You see more and more desire to kind of go back to, oh, hey, when it was like this, life wasn't like this. So maybe we should go back. And you kind of see movements like that are starting to spread kind of all around the world right now. Um, you know, Italy, I think even like France, a lot of kind of more right wing, kind of more aligned with the Kremlin in Moscow, political movements are starting because people are not really satisfied with the way things are going. Um, but I would say that um, I don't think that that's the option, that that's the solution, obviously, but I think a lot of people still do. So as we were reading, we saw, because like the preface are super broad, it covers a lot of ground. We saw mm -hmm. a bunch about like COVID and COVID vaccines. How does that all play a part like in these protests? So it's it's an interesting phenomenon that I think, I think the, the Czech and Eastern Europe, the, the Czech Republic, is kind of gonna be the starting ground for I think a wide movement of what's gonna be a lot of global, political, economic crises because you know the war in Russia and the war in Ukraine is gonna just like, their effects are gonna keep spreading. Like even in the UK right now, energy prices are, you know, I pay more for the power bill in my one person, like one bedroom apartment than my five-person house in Athens, Georgia. Um, and I think what you see COVID-19 playing a role in is that was kind of the beginning of regardless, of, regardless of politics, you can see with COVID-19 became a political discourse where you're not necessarily, you don't know who to trust. And I think that's kind of what COVID-19 started is this kind of trend of, the government trying to, I guess, spread their control in terms of, you know, that was for public safety. Um, but then you see the rise of like fake news, of anti-vaccine stuff, 
of people questioning what they're hearing from science. And so this has really started kind of a trend of people are getting their sources of information from more places and, you know, more things, you know, more sources than ever before. Like it used to be, you waited for your newspaper or you waited for the news to come on at night. And now more and more, I think it's more problem of, we're seeing how the media is starting to impact politics, um, just all across the board um, on both sides. Um, sorry, my cat is going to absolute town on his litter box right now. Cedric! Um, sorry, sorry if you can hear him just creeping. Um, but so I think that's what, where COVID-19 comes into it is because that kind of started a discourse around whether or not, to, and I don't even want to say started because you can probably point back to history a million times for people questioning the government, but specifically within questioning like science and I guess fact. Um, and so I think that's where COVID will play a part in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So with all this going on, has and how has the government responded in check or have they responded at all i've heard that they've been uh less than sensitive about it all because i mean from since 2021 i think the number of people in the czech republic who live under the poverty line has doubled and it's going to be winter and it's cold and energy bills are through the roof and i think they they came out and said one thing that was like oh just wear more sweaters people like even at the protest people were having signs that said like two sweaters for us everything else for ukraine so i think the people feel like their government is really disconnected from the people um which is one of the big things that Babis and a lot of these movements that are very anti-authority very anti like i guess structure infrastructure are starting to pop up because they're like hey the politicians are disconnected from the reality of of what's happening we saw that with Donald Trump when he started running for presidency. Like it's this, it's this movement where a group of people, you know, they have every right to do so. You know, they feel like the government does not understand what they're going through. They feel like their government isn't doing enough to help them. And they think that the government is paying more attention to different things that they don't feel the government should be paying attention to. Um, and so it's kind of, and you know, COVID was another big part of that. Hey, there's these people who don't normally help me trying to control me and who says they can control me so it's it's going to be a breeding ground i really think eastern europe for a lot of these conversations all kind of wrapped up into one because you have kind of everything is going to be hitting them of a lot of problems throughout the world we just watched an interview with sonoma and megan and you know she had a lot of good questions you know so they talked about how covid is playing into the many protests going in around the czech republic and i thought that was really interesting but so did megan she said that it was an interesting conflict of choice but she also talked about how covid is the starting ground for global conflicts because all these people are getting fake news fake science they have more places and more sources to get up with fake news and so she talked about how that is overall impacting politics through media 
And I thought that was just a really interesting topic that she talked yeah, about. Yeah, it's crazy how it's almost been three years since COVID started and they're like still having to deal with the after effects yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like COVID brought up like a lot of issues, not just like for the Czech Republic, but for a lot of countries. And it was kind of like a time where people like kind of step back and like, wait, you know, something's wrong. You know, I don't think the government's really helping in a time that we need help. Mm-hmm. And so it really brought light to the issue. And now I feel like people are using that to, you know, fuel the fire and just start all these protests against mm-hmm. the government. It's so easy to write all this protest off as bad because there's so many causes that you could be saying, oh, they're pro-Kremlin, they don't like Ukraine, they don't want to join the e- they don't want to be in the EU. You could write it off as bad so easily, but a lot of the protesters are just struggling families that need to pay for things and are sh- just, they're just struggling because of what well, they believe that it's because of how the government has handled things and it very well may be and i think that's what people like forget they think oh like these are just people who are very like pro-russia and they're just like they don't have like good beliefs or they're just like extremist but i agree with you cooper that i think they're just doing that to get their point across like i think they're yeah. going to the extreme so they can get people's attention something that cooper kind of brought up is that many of the protesters they don't have a lot and actually after listening to the interview i looked it up and the poverty rate in chizekia is over 30% of people that's crazy and they actually had a very big protest about the energy bills and how they're through the roof and after they had all the protests about how the energy bills are just crazy right now. The government actually told them to wear a sweater and instead of carrying. Yeah, I think the government is just in a tough spot because obviously, like, they're trying to support Ukraine because, like, most people are on, like, Ukraine's side in the war. But then I think they're just, like, forgetting about their own people and that they need to, like, worry about their own country before they just spend, like, all their money and resources on Ukraine like I don't think they're doing it to be like not like mean but like I think they're just focusing too much on Ukraine and not enough on their country they're stuck between a rock and a hard place here they have they have to focus on Ukraine especially considering they have the current presidency of the EU in Prague but they have to focus on Ukraine but they also have to focus on their people and as prices go up and sanctions are put down and things and so much is happening at the moment it's you can't really balance both. And that's a tough situation that the government's been put in. And how the government responds will definitely, how the government responds to this problem is gonna change a lot of things for a lot of people. I definitely like agree with that. I feel like the government should take into account their own people before they take into account people who are struggling. And I know that sometimes that can sound like really selfish, but right now, the people in Chizakia, yeah, the people that this government is in charge of are dying, and they would rather care about the other people dying that aren't in their area. And, oh, that sounds so bad saying it out loud, but all of these people are struggling so much, and I feel like the government is just telling them to not care about it. And it's like, I don't know. It's a really hard place to, like, be in and... I understand what the government is going through, but I feel like the government should try and talk to the people about it. Yeah, and I think one thing that Megan brought up that was actually really important 
Is there like two people kind of like running the country? Like one's in charge of like the government, the other's like the prime minister. I don't really know too much about it, but a lot of the protesters want like to overthrow the government. But she said that it would be like unconstitutional. That's why some people in the government haven't really been like standing up. And I think that's a good point. Like that's a good thing to know because I don't think the government's just not doing anything. I think they're just trying to figure out a way of like how to fix the problem because they can't really just be like overthrown or they can't just change it like that fast. That's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to Getting Into Good Trouble. We would like to thank not just Megan Gallagher for giving us a fantastic interview, but also to you, the listener, because without you, where would we be? Make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Thank you.